0: welcome to the learning capacity podcast where we explore stories from around the world we hear from educators parents students entrepreneurs and scientists about innovations that help make learning easier and more successful i'm your host peter barnes my guest on this episode of the podcast is dr dion Klentos. dr Clentos is an educator a registered psychologist and an experienced mathematics teacher and tutor. He's been tutoring secondary school maths students for over 20 years. Today, he's discussing the keys to students' understanding of maths. Welcome to the podcast, Dion. Thank you, Peter. Uh, Maths is a subject that can send a shiver up the spine of some students and have many parents confessing that even year seven maths is a challenge for them. But it doesn't have to be that way, does it? No it doesn't. So what have you learnt from your experience over a couple of decades of teaching and tutoring maths? What are the keys to help students create a good foundation on which to build their
1: maths understanding and skills? I think firstly one of the difficulties people find with maths is that it builds on previous knowledge and students who may not have got Uh, some of the concepts that they had done previously, then find that those concepts are being used again the next year and they can lose confidence at that point. Therefore, when you teach maths to students, you need to be very aware of the um, prerequisite knowledge that those students need to have. And the the teacher or tutor needs to be able to, to work with that the student and just to work out what uh, knowledge they need to know before doing the topic that they're doing.
0: So this is at every level, are we are we talking about right sort of year one in primary school, year two, year three, year four, then right up into high school, so prerequisite even at that very young age and then prerequisite going into high school?
1: Yes, though not at the same level as each other, a, a child in year one or two for example Doesn't have a lot of um, previous maths education. Of course, they've got counting and other type of very basic skills. But uh, once they get to say year seven, uh, and they've got all of primary school behind them, then uh, that's when it starts. uh, When students start to get a little bit more anxious about maths, I have found. Yeah. Okay. Even I've got some
0: grandkids. um, Some in one in. um um, year seven, another one in primary school, and another one just started primary school. And I know that um, even in primary school there can be some anxiety about maths. Yes. So is that is that because there isn't a prerequisite um, knowledge of things like numbers and sizes and distances? Is that is that part of it?
1: Yes, I think um, part of it. Uh, there's a few a few issues. One is. Uh, um, primary school teachers sometimes say that maths is their least favourite subject when you ask them. <laughs> um,
0: uh, many many the, people will probably
1: say that. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, um, the, uh, another issue is um, students of course, uh, as we all do, compare themselves with each other and uh, even if they've actually got a reasonably good understanding of maths, if they see uh, other children with what they consider to be a much better one in our competitive world, that can deflate them and and by the nature of math sometimes those differences increase over time uh, rather than decrease. So if those differences increase,
0: do you get students who are feeling kind of like they're defeated, this is just too hard, they won't even try because they've proven to themselves that they can't do it?
1: Yes. Do you see that? Yes, definitely I see that, yes. Um, uh, Usually the older uh, they are, um, the more that's the case, Uh, particularly if they've found uh, uh, another subject or subjects that they're more interested in. Sometimes they throw their hands up in the air and and, uh, give up, as, as do the parents sometimes. So that's sort of like a like not having a growth mindset about maths. Like you know, they
0: believe they're no good at it; uh, they never will be. So what's the point of trying? Hmm? Yes, unfortunately, mm-hmm. some children fit into that category, mm-hmm. and their parents may
1: or may not be reinforcing that belief. Well, often it is the case that the parents have had difficulty with maths as well. If at least one of the parents has done well. The, um, the child is more likely to have a positive concept about uh, what they can achieve in the subject.
0: Right, and most kids, in, in your experience, can most kids become competent in maths? Uh, is there a percentage of kids who've got dyscalculia or whatever that condition mm-hmm. is where they just can't do it? Is that, what's,
1: what's your fix on all of that? Um, y- yes, there is a, a small percentage of, of students who uh, find maths extremely difficult. And uh, I've I've taught students with the full range of abilities uh, from uh, students who got 100% in an HSC maths exam, right down to those who who struggle with pretty well every concept. But they are a pretty small minority, the students who who are there. And what I would say, even in those situations, is nearly every child can answer questions can, can answer questions that are more difficult than they thought they could answer. Mm-hmm. So the,
0: that brings us back to the belief in their their own belief in their ability, and and does it take us back to what you started with that the, in, they need
1: prerequisites for each level? Yes, that they need the prerequisite, and they need. Uh, um, help with explaining the concepts very clearly. Some students, uh, a small small percentage, are able to just read through the maths books and uh, understand the work clearly and uh, they don't need a lot of help. But the majority of students really need clear explanations of how these concepts fit together. And even intelligent students require uh, the teacher or tutor to start at, at the basics they, you can just go a little bit more quickly with them than uh, with, with other students. But I have found in my experience that, that all students really like you to start with the basics.
0: So Dean, I guess my understanding at this point is that you've clearly said prerequisite knowledge is a key to building the foundation for mass success. Are there others? Yes. Other keys?
1: Yeah. What are they? Uh, the clarity of explanation by the teacher is very important. Uh, relating the, the maths to real real life examples and the student's own experience is very important. Uh, um, the, the fact that um, students are actually able to answer questions usually harder than they thought they could answer. So not taking students' uh, lack of confidence at face value is important uh, for the uh, teachers and tutors and parents. Um, The student's motivation is very important. Um, For example, even the students who think that they really wouldn't use maths at all, are still going to be needing to do some sort of numerical work when they're working out the best value when they're shopping or how much time they've got to stop on a trip, all these sorts of things that involve uh, time or cost or or some sort of counting. Um, It's very much to their advantage to have some maths and that can increase uh, their motivation as well. Maths also uh, is a, a prerequisite to a lot of other subjects, particularly science subjects but also uh, economics um, and even psychology, as I've done, um, and uh, some of the other uh, human sciences, as well as the physical sciences. Great. So you've given us five
0: keys to building maths skills. Uh, The first one, prerequisite knowledge, we've um, discussed to some extent. So now let's dig in with a little more depth into the other Four. So talk to me about clarity of explanation by the teacher. Okay,
1: so, so this is about uh, what, what does this topic mean that, that we're talking about? Um, you know, not just starting with uh, formulae and what they need to know, but uh, what, what's this topic essentially about? Uh, how does it relate? to work they've done previously in maths, and how does it relate to other subjects, you know, maybe like science or geography. Um, and uh, and just defining the concepts really clearly I find really helps students to, to start to get uh, an understanding of what you're talking about as a teacher or tutor. Do you find as a tutor
0: and as a teacher you've got to spend quite a bit of time or more time with some students on that aspect than others? I mean some some just get it but others you've got to put the, put the um, explanation more concretely, is that how
1: it works? I find that uh, having to give an explanation two or three or four or five times is more likely once we do the examples. Early on uh, in a topic if I'm just explaining what the topic is about, that doesn't necessarily require um, too many uh, explaining it too many times. Um, but uh, except in the sense that with students with less ability, I will I will certainly need to go more slowly um, than than the students who are starting off more confident.
0: Mm-hmm. And th- the real life example, the third key you mentioned. Uh, is that related to this clarity of an explanation, or is that a slightly
1: different aspect of building a foundation for maths? That that's to really uh, connect uh, with the student to to uh, particularly for the I suppose the the disaffected or um, you know at least slightly unmotivated student who says what's the point of doing this? And I find that students. Um, will generally ask that question when they're finding the concept too difficult. So actually relating it to a a clear example where it's something they would use in real life I've found is uh, very helpful.
0: Yeah I'm sure because I'm sure you get students who say look you know this is just boring or well, they're telling their parents I don't know if they tell you it's boring I'm never going to use all that math stuff that they're trying to teach me so why should I bother with this mm. mm-hmm. yes and I'm sure I know there's lots of good reasons why they should bother uh, mm. this whole uh, emphasis on STEM uh, in the last some years uh, the, the, the key the key idea that mass at least of, of the STEM thing mass is going to be critical for Future uh, careers, getting jobs, and so forth—is uh, that? Um, I mean, some some children will not—you uh, will not develop sufficient mass to get those sort of jobs. Mm, mm. So, is that uh, going to condemn them forever to a life of unhappiness?
1: <laughs> uh, I would certainly hope that uh, it would not do that. Uh, it's 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 true, of course, that some students are far more humanities focused um, than sciences focused, and indeed, maths is not uh, compulsory now in year eleven and twelve in the HSC in New South Wales. However, it's still required to get into a large number of uh, different uh, courses, and uh, and even if it's not a prerequisite, it. The skills that students learn in in maths, and there's there's uh, several courses, um, you know, from extension to down to life skills courses in uh, senior school that students uh, can find useful and relevant to the work that they're going to do. So the
0: argument. Uh, by some people that don't worry about it because artificial intelligence will handle all the maths you ever need so you don't need to be bothered about it. a school unless you're going to go in and create artificial artificial intelligence programs. So that's really not a
1: valid point of view. No, because students need to understand. Students uh, we're given lots of statistics in the news and on um, uh, you know in the online news and the, the TV and um, in advertising, and we need to be able to, to uh, uh, digest and understand those statistics to a certain extent, and to be able to interpret what they mean. Um, are they realistic? Uh, what does it mean for me? Um, you know, to actually create meaning from statistics is a lot more important than just being able to uh, read them. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. I mean, you do all sorts of things
0: with statistics, yeah. can't you? <laughs> mm. Okay. Well, that's really interesting. So, real so real life examples and um, the value of maths, no matter what you're going to be doing in the future, and no matter mm-hmm. what's happening coming down the, the, the digital turnpike, if you like, towards us. We're still going to need maths, and the need for maths teachers, um, maths tutors, students getting competent at maths is going to be at least as important, if not more important than it has been, correct?
1: Yes, mm-hmm. uh, I think the last thing uh, we want in society is uh, machines doing all our thinking for us. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, okay, number four,
0: you said one of the, the fourth key was Understanding that students can answer harder questions than they think. Talk to us about that.
1: i found with uh, I suppose uh, nearly all the students that I have taught or tutored that as long as you start with the basics and they're, they're with you early on You can start to increase the level of difficulty, for some only slightly, but still increase the level of difficulty of the types of problems that they do, um, and it will end up being at a level that uh, is greater than what the students thought they could uh, understand.
0: Well, that leads to to your fourth key, student motivation. So I imagine if a student uh, succeeds in doing a maths um, problem or answering a maths question, That they thought was difficult that should um, motivate them you would think. Mm? That's right yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this motivation ties back into this whole business about you know their belief in their own ability and not getting defeated by I'm I'm not good at maths and the answer is probably I'm not good at maths yet because I haven't been taught or haven't been tutored or I haven't learned enough of it. Is that a fair statement of that the the, the motivation
1: key? Yes I think um I would summarise the motivation as being uh, what What have I done and succeeded in what can I do and what do I want maths for what I'd like to do Hmm.
0: great so you've been teaching and tutoring maths for a couple of decades mm, yes. and I imagine when you started it was all face to face, for nice. a large part of that mm. time it's been face to face, it's been, uh, so you, you uh, leave aside the teaching for a second but in tutoring you, you tutor one to one or do you tutor one to a, to a group, a small group or how does that work and what
1: and what's, what's the best from your point of view? Uh, generally one to one of course you can go at the, the precise pace that the student wants and needs you to go. Um, in terms of um, the student's uh, resources or the parents' resources, I suppose, um, it may well be appropriate to have small groups and I've taught um, and tutored, done, done maths coaching in, in small groups as well. Um, and I think either are fine. But uh, I think probably the most helpful to, to increase the student's uh, ability as quickly as possible is one-on-one tutoring.
0: Yeah, um, and I, I have no doubt. I guess uh, one, one to a small group or one to groups probably leverages your, your skills, mm. so you can help more kids, but you mm. won't help them in the same, at the same rate, probably, mm. as one to one. Yes. Mm. Right. What about technology now? With Skype and um, Zoom, are, are you able to do
1: remote maths tutoring? Yes, that, um, that is something uh, that I can do with students, yes.
0: Yeah, well that's a that's a wonderful thing that technology is
1: enabling that. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah. right, yeah. Yeah. and not all students are able to do face-to-face, so that, that's certainly uh, something that I'm very happy to do with students. Great,
0: great. So a um, couple of other questions. What um, should parents be doing to help their children get a good start with maths? Um, You've given five keys here in our discussion today. Of those five, parents have got limited time, they've got uh, varying levels of ability with maths. Of those five, what would be the best thing for a parent to be doing with their child to help them be successful at maths?
1: I think if the parent can spend a little bit of time, uh, at least a couple of times each week, just watching their child do maths and see how they go with it, um, that can give them a good insight as as to their ability and their interest in the subject. And then if they feel they're not doing well enough, speak to the teacher or uh, consider getting one-on-one help if that's something that um, they're able to do.
0: Now, here's a gender question. In your experience as a tutor, maths tutor, what's the proportion of male compared to female students who come to you for tutoring?
1: Probably a little bit more male. Maybe the the ratio might be three to two, males to females. Uh, I think that's a traditional uh, thing, that more more males are wanting to go into uh, um, fields that involve maths. But of course an increasing number of, of, of girls and women are doing that now as well.
0: So that doesn't indicate that, maths, that males struggle more than females with maths? Uh,
1: no, I think it would be more uh, perhaps a society uh, thing where, where the parents are saying, um, and perhaps the, the boy is saying, you know, I want to do this as my uh, career. And I'm finding I'm not doing as well as I would like in the subject Mm -hmm. um, and would like more help. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay so tell me about um, some of the biggest challenges you've had
1: tutoring maths. Mm. What's been the hardest? Well there have been uh, some students who just find the the subject so difficult, and um, they come to tutoring really uh, because their parents uh, uh, want them to come to tutoring, or perhaps because they, the the parents are a little bit um, like their their children, a bit exasperated that uh, things don't seem to be improving, um, and and then uh, with some students they don't. Uh, Because they lack so much confidence, it's difficult to get them to uh, improve or or to continually engage. But that's I found that that's rare. Though I I found that the the vast majority of students um, will stick at it if if you if you can um, if you can connect with them where they're at at their ability and um, start to help them there.
0: How about the opposite question? Of all the students you've coached in maths over the years, is there any that stands out as the greatest
1: success you've had? Well, yes. Um, One student had actually not done maths in year 11 and 12 and came to see me uh, at university because uh, he wanted to, he needed to do maths as part of his course. Um, I worked with him in in um, the um, doing the year eleven and twelve maths in a sort of accelerated format, and uh, he ended up getting the university medal. So that's uh, the greatest success.
0: That must have been so satisfying. Yes. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. I, I get the sense you really you like you enjoy maths and you really enjoy helping people, helping kids with maths. Yeah. Yes, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So you're based in Sydney, yes. um, But you you're able to do remote. Um, tutoring using technology. Yes. Uh, if someone wanted to, if one of our listeners wanted to get in touch with you, how best for them to do that?
1: Well, the best way uh, to start with would be my email address, which is Dion, D-I-O-N, underscore, K-H-L, at hotmail.com.
0: Dion, underscore... K-H-L. K-H-L. At hotmail At hotmail.com. Okay, thank you, Dion. Thanks. It's been a great pleasure speaking to you.
1: Thank you, Peter.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Learning Capacity Podcast, brought to you by LearnFastHQ.com, delivering the world's best evidence-based solutions for learning since 1999. Head over to our website to read a transcript of the podcast. Go to LearnFastHQ.com, That's L E A R N F A S T H Q dot com and click on podcast in the menu at the top of the page. And don't forget to subscribe in your listening app so you don't miss hearing any of the interesting discussions about learning, teaching and education.